Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B podcast. Kyle mm-hmm. here back with Ed. Uh, Tom can't join us today because this was rather a last minute thing. And uh, once you have a child, last minute things don't really pan out all that much. Yeah, you got to get with those daddy duties, dog. So I understand that. Shout out to Tom and the fam. He's doing the thing, enjoying the nice summer weather in New York. I'm sure it's like hot and rats running around or whatever else y'all got doing. So stay warm out there, players. Mm -hmm. So, Ed, it's been a while since we've done one of these podcasts. And uh, let me see if I'm hitting record, actually. Yeah, I'm hitting record. But it's been a while since we've done one of these. And uh, I've actually come up with some... uh, interesting facts for you i've done some research on some food discussions oh boy the chicken combo this early well, oh. hit your boy with it oh no today is the tuna combo tuna combo all right all right i, I gotta hear this one you've like gotten healthy on it so apparently at subway they, they serve a tuna sub which is actually really good i don't know i don't really I've have had it. i don't really have subway all that much anymore but their tuna sub is pretty good but um according to new research there's actually no tuna in this tuna sub Oh, so I've heard about this. So yeah. apparently people had enough time to research the amount of tuna in a tuna. So what are y'all doing? Like what? I'm so busy that I have not had time to watch three episodes of Loki. But y'all have <laughs> enough time to research the minute amount of tuna in a tuna. sub. y'all got more going on than I do. That's all I can say. So well, why? Why are we doing this? Well, if there's none, then that's kind of concerning, I would say. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if you want a tuna out of earwigs and caterpillars. So, yes, I would like tuna in my tuna sub. I give you that. However, who thought to do this is my question. Uh, That's a good question. (laughs) Uh, But here's a better question for you, Ed. Have you been watching the Encore? Because this is like this is must see TV right now. Ed. this is (sighs) R&B royalty at its finest. I don't even watch TV. I think the only thing I really watch is like sports. But even I'm locked into this, Ed. Play, I was surprised to hear that you watched it because most of the time, and y'all don't know this, but like Tom and Kyle are not big like TV watchers like that. Tom mm-hmm. watches nothing but old baseball games. But <laughs> yeah, like everybody's on this, and I realized watching this show, I am out of the practice of watching raggedy reality TV because mm. this the the camera zooming in on the mansion. And people bickering for absolutely no reason. And they always have the stereotype characters. Because yes. they got the person that's going to disturb everything. You got the victim. You got the mama. They've got the same characters. And boy, I know they're your girls. I know you love Cherish. Yes. But them chicks, somebody needs to ring them in. Um, so... Let me just say this, first of all. Oh, no, don't get on this thing defending the chairs, girl. No, well, your... Hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. First of all, this is a reality TV show, and I want to mm-hmm. emphasize on reality TV. So there's going to be certain characters that are portrayed a certain way just for ratings. We know this. Of course. Of we course. know this. So I'm not going to be on here to say who's right or who's wrong and, you know, who's who's crazy or who's not. But. I'm going to have to defend my Cherish girls on this one because here's the thing, Ed, and uh-huh. we can relate to it based on, and you didn't see the last episode, but I did. So yeah, I they, didn't see the most recent one. So I'll paint it like this. They were all in the studio recording a new song and throughout the whole 
three episodes that I've seen so far, the biggest problem that the Cherished girls have with the 702 girls have is talent and commitment. And on that third episode, when they were re- recording a new song, um, one of the 702 girls wasn't feeling well, so she had to leave the studio session early. Mm-hmm. Which adds on to the frustration that the Cherished girls have on commitment and I guess talent, more so commitment. So I understand why they would be upset. You do. Yes. Let me break it down <laughs> for you, bro. And again, as we start every podcast, because we have to have this disclaimer, disclaimer, any words coming from the mouth of the black man should be attributed to soulandstereo.com and not, you know, I got soul.com. Mm. You get mad, holla at your boy. And I'm going to say that, like, wait till we start talking about T-Pain. But we'll get to that later on. So, <laughs> yes. Look, let's be real. I love 702. You know I'm a big 702 stan. 702 were never the greatest vocalists of all time. We all know that. That is what it is. And Mila did the heavy lifting. If that wasn't clear in 1997, it's very clear now. Mm-hmm. That being said... The issue I have with your girls, number number we got two issues. Number one, they act like they are freaking female babyface. They are mm. Diane Warren. They are the greatest songwriters of all time. Yes, you wrote some hits. I defended them early on when Twitter was going crazy. I was like, who are these one-hit wonders running around the studio? No, mm. they have great writing credentials. But let me pull these receipts up, ladies, because if you look at who actually were bigger stars in their era, 702 got way more hits than Cherish. Don't say they don't, but they do. Respect where they came from. Number two, yes, I understand that we're talking two generations and, oh, we're questioning the commitment. The whole point of this experiment is bringing these women together to find common ground and working through it. There is a way that you can make this work in a group without ostracizing people that you think are too old or can't sing. Find a role for them. If you're such musical geniuses, you should be able to find a role for them without. And I mean, I haven't watched the last episode, but if you're telling me somebody's sick and you mad because they had to go, man, let them be sick and go instead of being sick in the studio. Like, whatever. I don't see the big deal. But no, these chicks love picking on my girls and 702 got too many hits on that wall back there for y'all to be dissing them like that. Y'all don't leave my girls alone. Well, Iris here... was bae back in 97. I will not stand for the slander. Well, my first hot take of the day is that Cherish's second album is better than any, any 702 album. Oh, no, we lying on the <laughs> this day. I well, think. actually, no, I can't even say that. 702's first album is really good. Yes. But... But the other one, the other ones, maybe I'll give Cherish the the nod. Although the second one is pretty good, too, from 702. The second one is better than their third one. That's about all I'll give you. The. Yeah, because the third it's weird. The third 702 album, the star album, it's one of those albums. Like when I listen back to it, I don't recall it being that good. But if you go on Twitter, everyone calls that like a five star classic. Why is that? trying to break down why people call anything a five-star classic these days it's maddening to me we just had the release of tyler the creator's album yesterday and people are calling that a five-star album and it's a really good album but i think we're in an era where good mainstream albums are so rare Mm -hmm. that people call a four-star album a five-star album so between nostalgia and just skewed expectations and lower bars Everybody gets five stars. So oh, I yes. pay that number. Oh yes. Uh, 
let me ask you this about this TV show, Ed, because oftentimes when artists do these type of reality shows, they're thinking long run. How is this going to benefit their career in the long run? Of course, there's going to be an EP mm-hmm. that comes out with this, which is great for all of them at, because they'll have an opportunity to release music on a major platform again. But in the long run, based on how their character is being portrayed right now, can you think of one artist on there that will benefit from this long term? Because like, I'm glad that they're highlighting Cherish's work behind the scenes, but that might be overshadowed by, you know, just, I guess, their attitude on screen right now. And correct. I don't know if that's going to help them long run. I think Nivea, who has now had like that comedic role, I think, I think if you know Nivea, you know that that's just how she is. But I don't know if that's going to really help her with her music career. It might add some opportunities for her elsewhere. But when we're talking music opportunities, I don't know. Like, can you see any one artist on there that this will really help? Well, I mean, it's too early to say. We're two episodes. Well, I'm two episodes in. I'll watch the third one later today. But it's a little early to say, but you're right. The breakout star obviously is Nivea. And while I'm not saying that she's going to turn in a Cardi B overnight, this is still going to be an opportunity if she capitalized on it well to elevate her career. That's why we that's why they do these reality shows. Like it's an opportunity to feed on nostalgia, which we all have. If you are listening to this podcast or watching us live. Mm-hmm. You have that same nostalgia. You want to know what's up with your old phase. So that's an audience is bringing in. And if you can show them that, hey, I'm still as cool and talented, as crazy as I was at the laundromat in 2003, mm. then cool. That's going to help elevate. So, yeah, that's an opportunity. And as I've said before, look at the Tamars, the Cardi B's, all of these artists that we've seen in the past 10, 15 years that have blown up out of, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, but they blew up because they created a fan base on a reality show and then that elevated them because without that fan base y'all would not be bodak yellow in nowhere that she would just be another rapper like just be real that persona was created we've got a huge fan base and then we support it i don't blame any of them for doing the show and even though we might kind of look at things from an old school lens of all right what material what music are you dropping what classic songs are you going to be providing in 2021, the large majority of mainstream fans don't care. Are you entertaining? Do I like you? Then I'll support whatever music you drop. So this is we could see Nivea blow. I don't think we'll see her blow to extreme levels. But yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunity for her to elevate. Yeah, uh, I think um, the show has done better than I thought it would. It's actually been received very well, especially on social media, which I think was the whole of purpose course. of it was to put them in a new light in this new landscape of Twitter and Instagram. So I think it's done its job uh, and it's mildly, I wouldn't even say mildly, it's very entertaining. So I can't wait to see the next episode. <laughs> and uh, you haven't seen episode three yet, but there's actually like snippets of music that they recorded. And it actually sounds good, Ed. It actually sounds good. I'm not good. surprised. Everybody's like, oh, this is going to be terrible. People can't sing. People can't sing. You know how much stuff that I hear on these internets that y'all say is so great from people who can't sing? That ain't got nothing to do with it. So (laughs) there is an opportunity to make decent music if they all get on the same page. I have no doubt about it. I don't think it's going to be the best album I heard this year. But will it be listenable? Yeah. Look at all that veteran talent there. Mm -hmm. No, it'll be something decent for sure. 
exactly. Um, let's talk about some new music that came out over the last. I guess it's been a while since we've done one of these. I'm just gonna throw some out there. You tell me um, what your favorite was, or just ones that you want to highlight. So, of course, we have hers. Okay. We have hers album, Back of My Mind, which we'll talk about in a bit. Justine Sky's new album. Um, Kenny Lattimore has a new single out. Jasmine Sullivan has a new single out. Nao has a new single out. Snow Allegra has a new single out and a new album to come. Ed, can we talk about that album cover really quickly from Snow Allegra? Oh my gosh. You know, I don't know if y'all have seen it because <laughs> it kind of went viral maybe a week or two ago. It reminds me, shout out to my 80s babies. Mm. They used to have these things called Garbage Pail Kids. And they would have these weird, like, gross-looking little babies or snot running out their nose and, like, doing all this weird stuff. It reminds me of, like, an updated Garbage Pail Kids thing. You got snow <laughs> looking beautiful like snow does, but let's put, like, weird drawn stuff all over. It was like something out of Dreams of Tyler, the Creator. It's weird. Mm, but yeah. It got attention, but I couldn't read. I don't know yeah. about you, Kyle. Yep. The other, along with the album art, they also had a track list. I could not read those tracks. Like, like who could read this? Yep. Like it was scribbled by a four-year-old. <laughs> Shout out to my girl, because I know the album's going to be great. And her song, Lost You, is one of my favorites. The ones you mentioned. Song. Yeah. I couldn't even read that album code. Yeah. That's why I'm going to have to go on iTunes and just look at the text version. Because I'm I can't. I hope. Even... <laughs> I hope they don't get cute on the iTunes because I couldn't <laughs> I could not read that thing. But of the things you mentioned, just real quick, you can go to Soul and Stereo because I've got a review of her. Talk about her in detail a little bit later on. Yeah. Thought it was okay. Quite honestly, I was expecting a little bit more, but we'll get into that a little later on. But mm -hmm. it's just long. It's a yeah. lot going on there. Um, I love Kenny's new single. Kenny, one of the best vocalists of our generation once again he delivered loved his talked about snow love her song she giving me 2021 shoddy vibes on that one that one's great what else did you um mention oh justine yep justine's album is one don't miss that one exclusively produced by timberland yeah i thought that was another one that was a solid project it was it had some really good highs some of it's a little too trendy for your boy a little too vibey a little too moody i think if she's spent more time leaning on some of those more and I wouldn't even call it upbeat but there's some Timbaland tracks that can be very dark but very energetic yeah. and interesting to your ear and there are a few of those there if she leaned more on that and less on the typical vibey weekendy type stuff that we always get I yeah. think the project would have been a little bit more unique yeah uh but good to see Justine's still out here working. She had a Justin yeah. Timberlake feature on the album, which, you know, Justin doesn't really do a lot of features these days. So that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. This Her album, Ed. And I'm going to start off by saying Her is my favorite new artist. I've said it since the debut yeah. came out. The debut EP came out in like 2000. And was it 17, Ed? It's been 17 so long. or 16. Yeah. It might have been 17. I think it was 17. But she's my favorite new artist. And I'll say that again and again what i found interesting about this album and i do like songs on there but what i found interesting about it is that it kind of speaks to what albums are in 2021 and we've done chris brown album reviews we've done all of that so to us it's nothing new but 
I think there is a, di- a difference between Chris Brown putting out an album and her putting out an album being that Chris Brown is so influenced by hip hop at this point mm-hmm. that he's pretty much like a hip hop singer. Um, her, I've always viewed as as like an actual R&B artist musician. So the way I look at or expected these albums is a little different, but in its totality and how it's formatted, it's pretty much the same at it's 20 something songs. You've got features with the biggest rappers in the game. Um, I think that's just how albums are in 2021 now. Like that's the setup for it. Just because it is, doesn't mean it's right. Again, the following statement will be from soulandstereo.com. I know you know I got soul, so leave my boys alone. Because mm-hmm. y'all bring me up here to keep it real, and this is what I do. The Her Project, to me, wasn't even an album. It was a playlist. And here's why. An album is a tight, cohesive body of work. It can be 20 songs. Like, I mean, there have been long albums, but a cohesive body of work that flows and tells some sort of story. I am a writer. I am a storyteller by trade. I like stories in my music. And I feel like a great album, look at all the great albums. All the great albums, all are one long, continuous, self-contained story. In the era of streaming, you don't have to do that because we've taught audiences. We had this conversation in Soul and Stereo Cypher on Facebook. and I got to get my Cypher plug. Go join us there. Um, this mindset where we have artists that basically drop 20 plus songs and fans, younger fans have been trained. Well, old heads like me are like, man, that's too much. Younger fans are like, I don't care. Give me mm-hmm. all the songs. I'll pick out the songs and make my own album. Yep. If I got to do your work for you, that's not a good album. I'm not giving you a score because I had to create my own album on the side. Yeah. I'm judging what you gave us. So what we got was a selection of her tracks that she's recorded over the past couple of years. Some of them are good. Some of them are mediocre. And that's what brings down the collection as a whole when you could easily select the best 12 songs yeah. and that would have been a self-contained strong album. That's my frustration. And that's kind of my frustration as a music fan and as a reviewer. I want to people, oh, you're so stingy. You don't give any five stars. I want to give five stars because mm-hmm. I want to be able to have a project that I love and enjoy that much. Yeah. We ain't getting it. And I'm not just doing it just to say that we're doing it. And under this new system, I don't see it happening. And as you mentioned earlier, I feel like this is intentional because you put a bunch of songs out. You have something that artists can pick and choose from that can land on these self-generated playlists that Spotify and everybody else loves to generate. You put random artists like Lil Baby up there that don't make sense for the song, Mm -hmm. but when Lil Baby stands are searching for the newest songs and see him up there, oh, he's going, they're going to click on it. They want to hear a new Lil Baby. Her, who cares? But that's a stream. So it's a strategy behind all of this to boost numbers and boost streams and get on the charts. But as a collective body of work, we're losing the art. Well, that leads to the bigger question here, Ed. If the intent of these artists is to put out a playlist and have you customize it to your liking, because that's what I did with this Her album. 
I took out some of those records, and after that, it felt like a more complete body of work, which is funny because then less is more. But if the intent of the artist is to allow you to create your own playlist, can we really judge it as an album then? Like, that's where it kind of becomes a gray area for me because I don't think it was the intention, and I might have to go back and like read hers interviews just to see what she said if she thought hey this is a full body of work from top to bottom i I mean i don't think they're gonna say hey this is a playlist and pick out my favorite songs and you know just call that the album but um i don't know it's just an interesting time like over the last i mean i think it really started with the meagles or drake and then chris brown like took it to like another level but good god he did it's just a different way to consume music now it's not the way that i prefer to but I don't know, because we even had this discussion at like, what are some albums that you can think of that have a whole lot of features on an R&B album and that you would consider a classic? Because I can't really think of any off the bat. I mean, there's a lot to break down there. I'll start with the albums that have a bunch of features. Like it's looking back, most of the albums that I consider my favorite or the best yeah. Don't have a lot of features. I have no problem with features. I'm not going to get on this J. Cole, no features, make an album great. Like, if the album trash, album trash. It doesn't matter who's <laughs> on it. So that's whatever. But I don't mind features, but there are albums that work to have a lot of features. I don't, I'm in the minority. I like SWV's third album. They don't even like their third album. Mm-hmm. That one has a ton of features. And a lot of people don't like it. I thought most of them worked. Not all of them. I thought most of them worked. Right. So, yeah can be a thing that works but going back to what creates and what is an album in 2021 yeah i remember when drake came out with that what was that thing more life he didn't even call that an album he called it a playlist and uh, ironically i thought that was one of his better projects in the Mm. past years it actually was decent but i think we might get to a point where we step away from calling some things albums because no one really cares on this and soul and stereo i just did a review a album ranking of foxy brown shout out to foxy we don't talk about her enough and the one of the albums well albums i mentioned was came out in 28 2008 brooklyn's don diva is one of the first things i covered on the site yeah i got so much hate because when it came out it was pushed as an album Mm -hmm. i did not like it and people said, oh, that's not a real album. That's a mixtape. You should judge it by a different criteria. Mm. And I got so annoyed that because of that, I stopped reviewing mixtapes and EPs. And when I did my album of the year list, I stopped including. Now, fast forward to like 2017 or so around the time her came out, when EPs and mixtapes and albums and playlists all get mushed together yeah. because fans can't tell any difference. Then I was just like, oh, I'll just bring them all back because no one seems to care anymore. <laughs> so we're used to defining things by an EP is a set of songs is only X amount of minutes long and an album is this and a playlist is that. The general consumer has not been educated on what is the difference. Yeah. So nobody cares and we just get these just dumps of songs and material and then bringing in visual albums. That's another thing. It's a hot mess in these music streets. All I can do is just continue to judge what we get and then judge what we get by its quality. So if her give me 21 songs, 
I, I I see what you did, Kyle. You made your own album on the side. You're gonna rock those. That's cool. Yeah. I'm not gonna judge Kyle's album. I'm gonna <laughs> judge what we got. So what you got? If you don't like my star rating, tell her to do better next time. That's all I can say. Mm. Well, I'm curious because I mean, even when you think about Confessions, which I think we can both agree is like a classic, classic. That had what 18 songs on the deluxe version, and that album was way too long as well. So yes, and that's why I didn't give that five stars. If people got mad at me, same thing. Yeah, so it's not just a 2021 problem. I think just having that many songs, it's it's very difficult to put together a cohesive album. So very much so. But it's about streams now. It's about numbers. So we got to just leave it at that, Ed. Player, it's a numbers game, and unfortunately, we have figured out the industry has figured out the cheat code to all of this stuff, so it doesn't matter. Like, you know how to play the game mathematically, mm-hmm. so that's how you there's no reason, you know, there's no coincidence why all of a sudden everybody's breaking all these records that have been yeah. standing for 20 30 years. Yeah. Now, every week, Ariana Grande broke this record, Nikki broke this record, her broke this record, like. It's not a coincidence. It's because the numbers have changed. The system has changed. And we're also weighing new metrics against old metrics. I don't think that's fair. But here we are. Kyle, you can probably break records in a couple of weeks if you drop an album. Go and do something. I'll promote it. <laughs> yeah, I remember when being a platinum selling artist meant something. but It was a big deal. Yeah. Now the Catch Me Outside girl got like, she's like quadruple platinum. I'm not even joking. Yep. well i'll tell you what ed with all of this going on you know i'm starting to see albums come out i'm still waiting on that usher album i don't know about you oh boy but i made i made a statement yesterday if this usher album is not at least a 4.5 out of 5 according to the ed scale Mm -hmm. i'm gonna retire from r&b for good like i'm just gonna (laughs) i'm gonna just stick to 90s and let me tell you why because I had two great hopes for R&B to make this ultimate comeback. One okay, what are they? was Justin Timberlake reuniting with the Neptunes. Now, they did that on the Woods album, and I don't think that was a bad album. However, it didn't do what it was supposed to do. So It did not. Strike one. The second one was Usher reuniting with Brian Michael Cox and Jermaine Dupri. This is supposed to be the ultimate return to R&B. This is supposed to change the game, and I am hoping, Ed, it's at least a 4.5. Is that too much to ask well, for? First of all, yes, it's too much to ask for in 2021. But I will say this. I understand what you're saying about having our hopes and like wanting to bring that feeling back. I have long since understood that it ain't happening. Like We're just – the landscape is too different. Even if someone created something using the exact same tools, exact same metrics, exact same producers, got an exact same mindset of they did of their classic work, I still don't think it'll work because it's just like the world is just different and and the consumers are different and our ears are different. I don't know that we'll ever have that. That said, though, while 4.5, we'll have to see about this Usher album, the thing that I will give you so you can breathe a sigh of relief and sleep a little bit better at night. Every single song we've heard has been great. Yeah. Every single song. I have not heard an eh or uh, every single song has been great. So as yeah. long as it's not three great songs and 
basically the A album. We should be all right. Although, if it's three great oh, songs boy. on the and the A album, that's still better than like most albums. Yeah, I would still like. <laughs> I mean, you at least get a three and a half. That that like get you like right there. Just give me something decent. So that, I that is true. I have have. I say this very measured tones. I think it'll be good. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll leave it at that because I don't want to say I have high hopes and then I'm disappointed. Yeah, that's. I've been, I think it'll be good. I've been fooled a couple of times on that, but you and me both. I will say this because I was inspired by Derek Dunn's review when he went back and revisited the "Looking for Myself" album. I myself yes. went back to look to listening to that to that album, and it's not that bad. I remember. I told y'all I, in 2012. I remember hating that, that album. It's not that bad. I remember when I first started working with you guys, you and Tom, and you two hated that album. And I'm like, that album isn't bad, y'all. It's just, again, different time and space. It wasn't what your ears were looking for. But judging as an album, it's not the best album ever, but I thought it was solid. And if he put out that album today, well, I was going to say, if he put that out as Confessions 2, I'd be disappointed. Because why would you call that Confessions 2? That's not a evolution of confessions. But if he dropped that album today, it would be one of the better R&B albums this year. Not that there's true. much competition, but yeah. Yeah, can't wait for that album. I think it should be coming soon, but we'll see. How long have we been saying this, Kyle? Yeah, it's been about two years. We're still waiting, though. <laughs> exactly. we're, we're still holding out. Ed, speaking of Usher. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, let me paint the picture for you according to uh, what Teddy Payne had to say about this please and first of all i don't even know if this story is like a hundred percent true because it just doesn't seem believable but this is how t-pain told this story he was sleeping on the plane he was woken up by one of the employees that was on the plane that said uh sorry to bother you but usher wants to talk to you (laughs) so t-pain goes and talks to usher and asks how Usher's doing. Usher says, I'm good. But then T-Pain notices that Usher has like a look of concern on his face. So T-Pain says, what's wrong? And Usher, with really nothing else to say, says, do you realize you ruined R&B? You, real- you realize that you ru- ruined music? And then T-Pain got very upset and had to self-reflect. And that was like eight years ago. When Usher was doing like techno music, so I find that kind of funny. But yeah, uh, I thought that was just first of all. I don't even know if that's how the story exactly went because it just seems random that Usher would tell an employee to go wake up T Pain for uh, him to tell T Pain that he ruined music. But what can you do? <sighs> Player, I could spend three hours on this topic. Yes, shout out my man Theo because he know I'm about to go in because I've been fussing about this one. For the last time, well, maybe not for the last time, the comments that you're about to hear are from Edward T. Bowser of soulandstereo.com. Leave Kyle alone. You got beef, come to my DMs, because I'm going off. I don't even know where to start, because this issue is so large. Um, First of all, to your point, I also think the story is stupid. Why on earth would T-Pain be asleep, Usher send someone to summon him to me and then he Mm. comes to me and he's like how are you doing 
oh, you ruined me. Like, it doesn't make sense. It sounds like a bad Netflix. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense. I think it However, has to, it, I, I think there's probably more to this conversation than just that. I, I think, guarantee you there is. I think they probably had a conversation about their music and there had to be something i i refuse to believe that usher would just randomly go up to t-pain and say you ruined music right it doesn't make any sense no. and of course twitter can't can't wait to make somebody the bad guy yeah. so they've been destroying him all week but oh boy let me kind of frame this because the conversation has been over the past few ways did t-pain destroy r&b did t-pain destroy music mm -hmm. the simple answer to that t-pain did not destroy nope. i agree music i agree however t-pain is patient zero for all of the mess we are dealing with right now i absolutely stand by that and i know that people who grew up in the mid 2000s can't handle it because of nostalgia because mm -hmm. oh that was my song in seventh grade oh he's a genius oh this and that oh you know he can really sing for real just look at things not from a biased perspective but from a historical perspective the time when music r&b specifically began its decline was what kyle late 2000s sure when did the pay start popping yeah, late man. 2000s and again it's not t-pain's fault i will break down really quickly what happened in the mid 2000s t-pain was able to create and again man i could go all day because yep. we call it we compare it to to roger troutman roger troutman used a talk box that's different than what it's T -Pain different did. yeah so what he did was use this this device that allowed him to have a different presentation in music yeah. and at the time it was innovative it ain't new he ain't invented but it was innovative and yeah. it was innovative in a way that other big artists picked up on it. he yeah. did his thing lil wayne who was the biggest rap star at the time picked up on it incorporated in his music Yep. Kanye West, who decided he wanted to make a sad man R&B album, didn't have the vocal ability to do so, was like, okay, I'm going to use this. He <laughs> used this. From T-Pain to Lil Wayne to the 808s album, that led us into the 2010s, where not only music began to change, we had a new generation of fans who came on board. And to them, this isn't like a gimmick or like a subgenre. This yep. is what music's supposed to sound like. Mm. So they don't know. They don't know that like vocals from R&B artists where you have a feature on a song. They like, oh, you don't need that because Kanye, who I love, he just sings his own song. It doesn't matter that he can't sing. He just yep. makes it sound good. So the metrics change. This also happens at the beginning of the social media era. When did Twitter pop in the early 2000s? Yeah. So now you have these new voices who are proclaiming this sound to be the best thing ever because they have control of the biggest media kind of like conversation piece. This ain't Black Planet or what we had in 2000. Kyle, I told you if you had this in 2002, y'all would have made B2K Jodeci. 
because <laughs> you had the audience, but you didn't have the historical perspective to compare to the past. So we've got auto-tune being used as this tool. We've got hip-hop as it becomes the biggest genre in the world starting to lean on this instead of why could I pay for an R&B singer? Yeah. I can just do it myself. Mm -hmm. And you've got audiences who aren't going to be like, oh, well, he can't sing because they don't <laughs> have that frame of reference. Yeah. So boom, you've got that. Meanwhile, poor R&B is trying to stay relevant in this time. Yeah. And they're struggling because playlists and the industry is starting to create a template. Like we talked a little bit earlier about these long tail albums. Yeah. They're starting to create a template for artists who can use auto-tune to less and less degrees of, comp of compatibility because some of them starting to sound terrible. Yeah. They have created their own thing. R&B is like, what about us? We're fading. So what do we do? Us just pointing the finger, but guess what he did? He started doing it too. So we got a point where R&B spent so much time catching up Yep. to this it lost its identity mm -hmm. and when it lost its identity it fell to pieces and now where we are in 2021 where we get two r&b albums a year the only r&b artist on the mainstream charts is her everybody else struggling to get attention yep that's all because of what started with auto-tune is it t-pain did t-pain did not come in looking to create this mess but his tool was co-opted by an industry who was able to create a whole template where yep. talent was not needed. That, my friend, is what happened. And yes, it started with T-Pain. I'm sorry for your fate. Well, I'll say this. As a result of T-Pain's usage of auto-tune, we now have people that think that Future is an R&B artist. Yes, that's the <laughs> point. Because so. again, we have created a generation who doesn't know. It's so funny to me. I saw on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember the song. It was a relatively new song with a rapper and it was featuring a legit R&B singer. And they were like, man, songs sound just great. When you put a real R&B singer with a rapper, it just sounds so great. And to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, were you born three days ago? Like this was how it was supposed <laughs> to be. But they're so removed that people just don't know. It's sad, mm -hmm. but this is where we are. So look, I'm not gonna talk about T-Pain and oh, I'm, I'm definitely not gonna defend them because people say, oh, well, if it wasn't for auto-tune, it would have been something else, probably. Mm -hmm. But it was auto-tune. Like you can't deny the fact that it did shift drastically when that was brought into the conversation it completely changed what talent looked like yeah and for the genre that we love everybody's listening to this podcast you love r&b you love great vocals you like great storytelling you want you might like hip-hop but you don't want your r&b to sound exactly like it that is where the line was crossed mm -hmm. and we still have not gotten back as much as i talk about new jack swing i know we love it I'm kind of not the biggest New Jack Swing fan because it got oversaturated. New Jack Swing lasted five years. We on this T-Pain auto-tune train for over 10. Yeah. I'm tired, dog. <laughs> well, Ed, I'm going to say this. First of all, I can't believe that Jay-Z was not able to kill auto-tune with that song. But nope. 
that's that that to me actually like blows my mind that not even Jay-Z could stop it. But I'm gonna give T Pain some credit because I don't want this to get lost in the conversation. At no point are we saying that T Pain is not talented. Ed, go watch that tiny desk video. I know you have already. Boy, y'all have <laughs> put it in my mentions a million times. Yes. And I'm not saying that he is not talented in that sense. Because yeah, yeah he definitely is, but he's a gimmick. And he used the gimmick yep. to become famous. Without it, if he was just regular singer T-Pain, we would not have this conversation. Would he have hits? Would yeah. he have been successful? To a level. Yep. But no, y'all would not be going crazy over him like you are right now. Yes. Absolutely not. So I would say, like, we know that he's talented. And he writes catchy hooks. Like, And I think the early beginnings of T-Pain, like, I don't think it was the worst thing in the world. He did write some really catchy songs like that Chris Brown record, Kiss Kiss. That was a number one hit. It's not my favorite Chris Brown don't record, but, me. but I will acknowledge that at that time, for that time period, it was a good song. Um, but it, it goes to your point that it almost comes off as a gimmick because he even admitted, I don't know if you listened to his first album, Ed, but pretty much like 90% of that album had no auto-tune. But guess, yep. which, guess which was the one song that popped off? It was the one with auto tune. Exactly. And That's and he the point. and he realized that and he said, Well, what would make sense? Should I go with the stuff that didn't pop or am I going with the stuff that became a hit? Logically speaking, if you're thinking money rather than the art, you're gonna go with what popped. So I can't even really blame him for that. He just made a business decision. Um now, did he anticipate that everyone would be doing it in 2021? Probably not. So I will agree with you that it's not his fault, but we really have to look at the long-term standpoint and the ramifications that were brought to the table because of this. Again, I don't think autotune is the worst thing in the world. And I will say that T-Pain probably uses autotune better than anyone else out there because he's actually hitting notes. If you hear some of these new artists trying to use autotune, it doesn't even like musically make sense. It just sounds like no robots, but... All in all, I'll say that is T-Pain going to take responsibility for killing the genre? Probably not, and I don't think he should. But I think we have to be open and understand that things are the way that they are right now because of what has come before us, what came out. And when I look back at that mid-2000s when T-Pain was auto-tuning, I think Akon was in the mix as well. Like You can hear a lot of that in what, what's here today. That's all we're saying. If you love T-Pain, you can continue to love P-Pain. Nobody's canceling your fave. Nobody's telling you not to listen to him. It's not an old man rant. It's just history and facts and the way the music industry evolved. So, yes, everything Kyle said is 100% correct. What he took was a small gimmick, and he took it up and up and up. The thing that annoyed me is when he started dressing like a freaking ringmaster and like literally <laughs> became a circus act. That is when I was like, okay, dude, it's time for you to sit down because you're getting on my nerves. So that's when I got really annoyed. But this was a tool that he used that picked up and that unfortunately led to the downfall. I'm not saying that we diss him as a human being. And mm. let me make this clear too, because this is why I also did not go into detail on Twitter. Because he came and said that, like, he suffered so much depression. Look, players, don't get <laughs> your thing. Don't put, tag me in your think piece. This is not an attack on mental health. 
You know how they do, Kyle. Yeah. Oh, you're attacking a mental health patient. I'm not attacking a mental health patient. I, yeah. I'm looking at the historical context of what we're doing. And I'm not personally attacking them either. But he took a tool. It was overused. It was overutilized. It was kind of mistreated. Mm-hmm. Now we just got rappers that just use it. Like, why are you using it? Like, yeah. you're not, there's no robotic harmony. You're just using it over your raps. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. This overuse is tired. And unfortunately, R&B was a severe casualty because it took them out of the charts. Our veterans, in an attempt to be relevant, started trying to do it too. Mm. Found it awful and horrible. I'm sorry. Even my phase sounded horrible. Mm. Trying to catch up with, keep up with the Joneses. And we still haven't recovered. Now we have to basically retrain an audience of music listeners to be like, hey, good vocals are a good thing. That's why we had so much hope for her, because her had the ear of younger audiences. And we're like, here's artistry. Here's a woman who's actually singing. She can play her instruments. She's doing the thing. That's why we were so personally, I was a little disappointed in her album because I thought it was an opportunity to really appeal to a new generation. That didn't quite happen. Maybe we can see that going forward because Lord knows we need it. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd rather be T-Pain than Justin Timberlake right now. It seems like anything- Oh Justin my T- gosh. Anything he says on social media and he just gets killed for. <laughs> Player, I need my boy JT to just never talk again. Yes. And I, never, cause like they are never gonna be on your side, dog. This nope. is never, never yep. talk. Yeah, it's funny how it is. like. About ten years ago, he was invincible. And yes, now- there was a there was a time <laughs> where he was the hero and Britney was the villain because yes. Britney cheated on him. But now, ugh, yeah, yo, you can't even mention him. He's another one you can't mention. This is true. Uh, Ed, I think we're done with this week's conversations, but I really want to touch on this because we like to give you love letters. Oh boy, yes, it's been a while. Um. And I'm trying to think. Let's go with the Nivea record. Don't mess with my man. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Because that chorus is very violent. Yes, it's like, <laughs> like, why are you condoning this? Yes. Um, Can you imagine? Well, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, don't mess with my man or I'm going to be the one to bring it to you. Damn. If, I, if only I was 20-something again, I would be doing the same thing. Player, but you are like documenting a case on record. Like you yeah. are you are committing crimes and you're leaving a paper trail. It's like they say it on the wire. Like, don't take notes on a criminal conspiracy, player. Mm. You're putting your business out there. If you're gonna do your dirt, do it in the shadows. Like Aaliyah said, like I'm not just anybody. Like, do that. Don't be like, okay, I'm gonna tell the world I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> well, then what about the Brooke Valentine record girl fight? I think it's, and I mean, we were joking earlier. I think if Girl Fight came out today, boy, the think pieces would not be happy because they were like, you are condoning violence against our queens, our queens. But back then, we were just like, oh, this video is ridiculous. They're just beating each other up. Yeah. But (laughs) players, if y'all got to throw hands over these dudes, they probably ain't worth it. I'm sorry. If you, it's probably not worth that. If you send that love letter to me, that's what I'm going to tell you. Your issue is with your dude, not the other person. They have no loyalty to your relationship. 
You better get mad at fight the dude. Don't fight the girl. But instead, it's going to be a girl fight. Shoutouts to Brooke Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> it will definitely be a girl fight. Yes. Uh, Ed, I think that's it for this week's podcast. It's been a while since we, since we did one. We'll have to do one again soon. But until then, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? I see you've been doing your album reviews and your rankings as usual. Man, I've been busy. And yeah, it was good to be back because we actually had something to talk about. So yes, now that albums are starting to drop, maybe we'll be more frequent with these. Yeah. But yeah, check out SoInStereo.com because we got reviews of her. I can go into more detail about the highs and lows of that. I reviewed Doja Cat's new album. I was a huge fan of her last one. This one, but I'll go into that detail a little bit later on. Of course, my album rankings. I ranked our girl Jill Scott, her discography from bottom to top. Foxy Brown from bottom to top. Mm. New Love Letters. I don't know why Fabulous is on Instagram publicly thirsting over Claudette Ortiz, but he did. So hey. I will weigh in on that. Ed. I mean, I can't blame him, but Ed. still, still. I think it's fair game. It's Claudette Ortiz. <sighs> wait, what? I'll what, go what? into detail on that. Go check wait. out the post. That's all I got. Wait, what was your take on it? Give people some context. I'm actually curious about this. So Fabulous wrote an appreciation post and put all these like bikini pics on Instagram of Claudette. And people are like, dude, aren't you? I don't know if he's married or like, I don't watch the Love and Hip Hop. So I don't know what his relationship is, but he definitely sure. has a relationship with old girl. Like they yes. got kids together or whatever. So people were like, isn't that a bit too far? And just a short version of what I said. Look, we're, we're humans. You can recognize another person as attractive. I can recognize that Claudette is bad. I've yes. recognized this since 2000. Yes. But... I am not, as a married man, going to go on Instagram and create a collage of somebody that I think that's is true. Yeah, That's the difference. That's so rein in the thirst is what I'm asking. So check that out. And also, as we mentioned always, go to, if you want to go on Facebook in a place that don't suck, go to the Soul and Stereo Cypher. Just throw it in the search bar. Join the fan. We've had a lot of new members in the past couple weeks, so... Just come and have fun. If you like listening to the stuff that you heard in this episode, that's us all day in the cypher. So check us out. <laughs> uh, someone wanted me to ask you, uh, did you ever knock a guy out because of a girl? Have I knocked a guy out because of a girl? Yeah, have you no. thrown hands? Oh, No, because like I said, <laughs> I, if I ever have an issue, if, I guess there are two things. Like if my girl is cheating on me, my beef is with the girl, not the dude. And then the other issue is if, like, some dude was just, like, being creepy and, like, making my girl uncomfortable, which has never happened. So, no, I have not thrown hands. I have – let me clear this up because I don't want to get canceled. Mm. But, yes, there have been issues with me and a female partner with another person, and my beef was with the female partner. I didn't beat the people up, so don't start that. Mm. But – the beef is with your partner, not the other person. The other person has nothing to do with the relationship. Keep that in mind, y'all. I like how uh, rationale your thinking is, but I'm still telling people you gave that girl a diamond cutter. That's <laughs> yes. What, that's what we're doing here. RKO out of nowhere. That's what I did. Yes. Uh, as far as me on, you know, I got... So I've been doing a couple of cool interviews over the last week or so. I interviewed Tim and Bob and Bobby V. 
two weeks ago and then last week I did John T. Austin and Troy Taylor. Really, Ed, we're just trying to celebrate these artists, these producers, but also the brotherhood between these producers and the work that they've done together. I think that's important to highlight as well. And we're just trying to find new ways to tell old stories. Um, so doing what we can to keep R&B alive, if you will. But I think that's yes. it for I think that's it for this weekend. Well, let me shout you out for those Instagram. I love those Instagram kind of dual interviews because it's a good way to get more background and perspective on these yep. artists that we know. And it's just show that, you know, it ain't all competition, y'all. Like if yeah. you look at social media, it's like everything is a versus and who's going to win and who's better and who like these artists, there is a brotherhood. There's a sisterhood. They're just fans of music, making music. So shout out to my boys for continuing that narrative. Everything ain't got to be beefs and wins and losses. Mm. Um, actually, I wanted to bring this up too. Uh, when I interviewed Troy Taylor and Jonte Austin, they were the people behind Sweet Lady by Tyrese. They said that Tyrese did not like Sweet Lady at first because he felt it was talk talking and not singing. To me, when I listen to Sweet Lady, it sounds like singing to me, but we got to put it into perspective. That came out in the 90s. So if you If you listen to it, it does sound talky for the 90s. But you listen to it today, yeah. where people are literally talking with like barely any background music. Good Lord, it's an actual beautiful vocals. But yeah. yeah, I can hear him in 98 thinking, you know, in any other day, like it sounds like he's literally talking his verses. I, yeah. can, I, I, I love stories like that because yeah. perspective, my, if he only knew 20 yeah. years later what it would look like. Yes. So I guess what we're trying to say is that music will evolve over time and just appreciate what's out right now and uh, and even appreciate the stuff that's out right now. If I have to. <laughs> so, uh, guys, I think that's it for this week. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. I know it's early. I know it's been a while. And uh, we'll see when we do this again. Really, we have to start planning for these because uh, and I think music is starting to pick up. We're starting to see a little uh more of a frequent release so we'll we'll maybe you'll see us more in the future so until then ed i think that's it for this week it's been fun and uh go get your tuna sub from subway i will make sure i don't do that because i'm not sure what it is in that tuna sub from subway i'll stick with my chicken like tom in his honor but don't get the chicken nuggets because i think it's like not chicken either it's like that pink stuff is there any player, <laughs> is there any real food in any, anywhere like, there's no chicken in the chicken nuggets. There's no fish in the fish. Yeah. Like, what can I eat? Vegetables. Can I get a kangaroo burrito? Like, what is it? I, I don't know. But I did read that uh, McDonald's. I don't know why I read up on McDonald's such stuff so much. But there's a, new, uh, there's a new Big Mac, but they use, like, bigger patties. It's, like, their biggest burger yet. I might have to stop by there for lunch if it's we're doing that. It's called, like, a Grand Big Mac, if I recall. Go, go, to, go check that out. I'm going to see what's up with that Thousand Island dressing all over my mouth. Yes, make that happen, though. Oh, man. Don't be throwing hands at the employees. That's all I ask. <laughs> I'll behave. All right. I think that's it for this week. And uh, we'll be back again next week. So you guys take care and we'll talk again soon.